I'm Laurel, they, them. And I'm Danny, she, her. And this is the astrology of apple juice. What? Incorrect, Danny. This is the astrology of OJ. Orange juice? Orange juice. Just kidding. OJ Simpson and Nicole Brown Simpson. just my face though (laughs) that's just how i look on a regular basis that's yeah that's just my face you know i don't get botox anymore but i used to and i would tell them not to do right in between my brow Mm -hmm. where most people get botox and they're like oh why and i'm like because i want to be able to furrow my brow Hmm. yes like I want people to know or think that I'm mad because I don't want to be, I don't want to look at all approachable. <laughs> like, I like my resting bitch face. <laughs> it keeps me safe. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's very funny. Yeah, and telling, hello, a woman in America. That's very true. In the world, on the earth, yeah, on the planet. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, anyways, I'm trying to think if I have anything fun to share. I just house sat for my parents and nothing happens there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the time this episode comes out, <gasps> I will have a new puppy. Oh my I think. gosh. Yes. I think. So stay tuned. Uh, you'll know for sure. Unless you like follow me on social media. Obviously, at that point, you'll know everything. Oh, you'll before. everything. Everything. You'll know everything. Oh my it's gosh, my yes. Public puppy. Diary. Puppy power. So I may possibly have a puppy. We're going to have new yips in the background. I am so absolutely unequivocally just out of my noggin insane off the deep end for getting a puppy right now like this year this upcoming year is full of so much just chaos change travel moving like we have so many different things planned and i'm like let's bring a baby home let's bring a baby home and rain is there ever a perfect time though is there ever a truly perfect time There isn't. And I will say, like, I consulted my records. I got very specific yeses from the universe. And and no. And Rain is not – my partner is not – I told them. I was like, just maybe just halt the puppy thing. Like, don't let me – I know I'm on some shit. Just let – just halt it, you know? And they're like, okay. The next day I'm like, we're going to go meet this puppy at – at 7 30 they're like okay <laughs> they want- i'm like you're bad they want the baby like, too but also lucy seems sad you know oh what i gosh, mean lucy's so good. yeah no it's lucy's never been thing. an only dog Aww. you know and so um i'm like just one of those people that i need to have a pair and it's like yeah lucy and and rain yeah. are, are in grief yeah. too with yeah. pablo's passing so yeah. it it makes sense. It, oh a my puppy gosh. brightens and up the face. So, God, you know? she's so cute. And I know you. I know the way you love your animals. That puppy is gonna be so loved. Yeah. So spoiled. I feel stoked for her. Like I think of like, oh man, an animal, an innocent little baby like coming into a house, like couldn't come into a better house. Mm-hmm. You know, like whoever it is, whatever it is, couldn't come into a better home. An we're always here. Blessing. And when we're not, we take the dogs. Like, I already have a sling. Like, I have everything. Like, <laughs> we're ready. You know, we're <laughs> yes. just ready. So, oh. so yeah. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to meet virtual meet the babe until I real meet the babe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too. Um, and at this That'll point, we're going to be, we're in the future. So at this point, we've met the babe future oh my gosh that's yeah. right at this point you we know the babe yeah. or <laughs> or funny. i don't have a babe no you'll have the babe the babe is on its way i feel this for you oh i mean yeah we already met yay yeah so huzzah. Mm. Huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. and on that good note let's talk about some murder <laughs> always it's you know what we both got libra in our big three and we just gotta keep it balanced 
You can't get too high up on that optimism train. Mm -hmm. We got to balance it out with some Mm -hmm. some moita. Mm -hmm. Some lack of justice. Yes. Oh, this is the astrology of injustice. Yeah. This is the astrology of failed justice systems. This is the astrology of rich people in court. This is (laughs) the astrology of rich people getting away with murder. Danny. Laurel. We have giveaway winners to announce we do we have winners you are winners. winner winner <laughs> first i think we should like thank i know everyone. how do we do how this? do we do this yes. this is our first one. Oh my gosh but first I know. thank you yeah, so much thanks. everybody it's super cool <laughs> to like get the submissions and just like that means people are like you are listening so like you like us you really like us hello friends and we, we like, like you, you right back <laughs> right back so yes thank you to everyone who's been listening rating subscribing reviewing blah 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 sharing but thank we you. have our winners now and our first winner is to go into your Akashic Records and see your deep, deep, dark secrets from all of your lifetimes. I can't wait. What a delight. What a good time. <laughs> it's okay. not really like that, by the way. It's very healing and no, you'll love super it. Super restorative. Healing, clarifying, validating. It's all the things. Um, so yeah, can't wait to read for you, Austin. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, buddy. And I will be doing an astrology reading for Raina. Raina. Raina, you're a winner, baby. Yes. We're going to have an astrology extravaganza, you and me. So, yay. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet get to meet our fans i know our friends good friends what a delight um yeah super fun um so yeah we will be in touch actually i think probably by the time that you're hearing this we've already been in touch (laughs) most likely but this is the formal announcement the formal (laughs) announcement it's a facebook official so fbo we are rounding out is the end of february yes we will bleed into march Pun intended. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> I do. We will see what bleed you did there. into March with our bloody Valentine series as our February wraps up. And yeah, we move into Pisces season. We are going to be in Pisces season. We're in Pisces We're in season. Pisces season. Yeah. So get your dreamy dreams ready, your fantastical things. Take a nice bath. Oh, that sounds nice. I know, right? I love that. And yeah, and relax and listen in as we talk about our final couple on this series. Mm -hmm. We're talking about OJ Simpson and Nicole Brown Simpson. Gather around, children. Gather around. Gather around. Yes, we're back to a, uh, we took a little break with uh, Paul and Carla doing to kill a, a killer couple. But now we're going back to killer victim status over here yeah yeah. and we have both the charts for oj simpson and nicole brown simpson so we will be seeing what the fuck's going on yeah and i like how we actually did um we did a uh, a woman who killed we did a couple who killed and now we're doing a man who's gender is a construct ladies and gentlemen please let it be known that we have discovered that no matter how you identify, surely you are capable of moida. Moida. Moida in all the degrees. Yeah, we, we show love to everybody. Everybody. Right? Everybody right? kills here. As a matter of fact, non-binary people are probably safer. <laughs> you know what? Statistically, I haven't met a non-binary killer yet. Me either. So I think I'll keep mine. And I'll keep myself. <laughs> All of you, come to me. Yay. Come to mommy, sis, sis, mommy. Come. <laughs> oh my gosh, this case, yeah. my guy. Yeah, let's get this into it. This case, like, let's ooh, get into it. 
It's pulpy. This Ugh. juice is pulpy. You know it. You know it. You know it. You've you have heard of this case, whether you Listen, know. Listen, you don't even know that you know this case. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. The white Bronco. Yes. <laughs> all of it. Everything that we say. Like y- you either know all of it or you know some of it, but you know it. <laughs> okay. It is. It's like. This case has become such a quintessential part of, like, Hollywood justice system faux pas that it it sets the bar, if you will. And of course, of course, trigger warning for this whole episode, for all episodes for this podcast. Trigger warnings for overkill, for cognitive dissonance, for rich people getting away with murder and internalized racism. Yeah, that's a part of it, too. Okay, we know OJ... OJ Simpson, we have a date of birth clocked in at July 6th, 1947, 8.08 a.m. in San Francisco, California. For Nicole Brown Simpson, we have a date of birth clocked at May 19th, 1959, at 2 a.m. in Frankfurt, Germany. So, foreign fish. As we said, this is perhaps the godfather of high-profile American criminal celebrity trials. The story of Orenthal James Simpson, also known as and so referred to as OJ Simpson, aka the like the juice, the juice. Now mm-hmm. I got it. There's a whole thing. See, there's a whole now thing I that we get did. It. Yeah. Y'all, I did not understand our opening joke. Oh no, I had to explain to Danny. I was like, let's do apple juice and. Danny was like, I, no, I don't think, what? That's funny. And I was like, I was a, like, why? Why would we bit. say apple juice? Uh, OJ orange juice. It was a whole thing. Yeah. We made it. And then we uh, it. Here we are at the end. And then my brain was like, hey, I'll work. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it was funny. And then it was funny. Uh, and it still is. Laugh <laughs> <laughs> at it. Um <laughs> OJ, as we know, or you may or may not know, quite frankly, I, I wouldn't really know. But it's not uh, what he's, he's first and foremost yeah. known for at this point in time anymore. He is an American football uh, legend, honestly, who is more often remembered. Uh, not, I really love this. Just, I want to preface this by saying that these are Laurel's notes, and I just love. Um, I, I, I love the verbiage. An American football legend who is more often remembered not for being the first player in the NFL to rush 2,000 yards in a single series, but instead for the brutal murder of his ex-wife and mother of his two children, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ron Goldman. I mean... I have no idea what I just said with the first player in the NFL to rush 2,000 yards in a single season. And I was a cheerleader for eight seasons running. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I um, I like the Copy theatrics. and pasted? No. Did you no, copy and paste? No, this was, you? no, it absolutely was not. This was my own writing because I actually remember sitting there at my kitchen table pouring over how I wanted to frame the sentence. <laughs> I hope I gave it the attention it deserved. You gave it more. I'm like blushing from the attention because I think I'm embarrassed because I don't know if it reads well still. I love it. This is what happens. It was poetry. This is what happens. Well, I'm a fucking poet. That's like my Uh crafty. That's my like. Mm -hmm. I wrote a book once that was 100,000 words. Oh my gosh. It was a fantasy book. But um, yeah, sometimes the notes, my little little writer comes out. I love it. I love it. But then I'm like, is it too... My my third house cusp is Sagittarius, so I'm like, hello, run on sentence. Like, too big of a thought, too big of a thought. Break it down, break it down. No, I <laughs> thought that was – I loved it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, he was good at football, but he killed his wife. That's what that <laughs> sentence actually says. <laughs> TLDR. Yeah, TLDR. He was a good football player and a murderer. Uh, OJ was a cancer son, is a cancer son. Aquarius moon, Laurel, also uh-oh. an Aquarius moon, uh-oh. and a Leo rising. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Nicole was a Taurus sun, Libra moon, hi Danny. Hello, hi Danny. Uh huh. <gasps> oh my god. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And she was a Pisces rising. Wow. What a sweet big three, though. It's really 
kind placements like not looking at the rest of the chart just hearing that big three the immediate vibration the immediate impression is oh yeah sweet little yeah Yeah. thing kind yeah wolf wow wolf and wow okay it is important to note that the marriage between oj and nicole lasted from 1985 to 1992 uh, and it ended on reasons of spousal abuse. So just uh, put a little red flag mark in. This did not come out of nowhere. Yeah. Paper trail, anyone? Mm-hmm. This was one of the most highly publicized trials in history, especially since it dealt with, of course, a beloved American sports icon who is well known not just for his athletic prowess, but also for his brief stints in acting. If you've ever heard anyone reference or make jokes about that white Ford Bronco we were talking about earlier, this is where that mm-hmm. cultural reference point originated. Yeah. Um, and in a way, it, it did. It paved a way for media entertainment to meet true crime and become a major spectacle at national and global levels. Yeah, the shit was yeah. huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Now, despite there being more than enough evidence at the scene, including DNA that supported OJ's involvement in Nicole and Ron's murder, which happened at Nicole's residence on June 12th, 1994. That's my best friend's birthday. Oh, wow. Like exact birthday? Nope. Oh, she was born a couple years before, but okay. Love you, Laura. (laughs) Shout out. OJ Simpson was acquitted in criminal court. Dude literally got away with murder. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, because of so, his presence and his and it, social yep. influence. like So I just want to remind you all before we kind of get into the background that he's just out there being a free and possibly dangerous criminal with money. So. Cool. Cool, 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 Tight, 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 Potrero Hill neighborhood of San Francisco. I think I'm saying that right. If I'm not, don't come for me. This is in the 1950s. This was an impoverished, said to be dangerous place to live. His parents divorced in 1952, leaving OJ's mother to raise OJ and his three siblings alone. Mm -hmm. Um, OJ himself struggled pretty badly in school and due to suffering from rickets as a child, didn't blossom in football until high school. And if you don't know, rickets is a disease where it's a softening and weakening of the bones, kind of like osteoporosis, usually due to inadequate vitamin D. I learned something new today. Mm -hmm. Yes. As noted in the critically acclaimed documentary, OJ Made in America, OJ mostly spent a lot of his childhood, quote unquote, hustling. Um, In the absence of a father figure, there were basically local petty criminals that would look after him and sort of fill the gap of Mm. what a father figure would be. Right. Don't like that. That's not good. Uh, And it's such a real, it's such a real, real issue today. (laughs) Now. Yeah, I mean, think about how that would shape somebody. Absolutely. I mean, to be at such an impressionable age and to be exposed on a regular basis to criminal or nefarious acts, it it morphs morphs? Morphs a person's (laughs) sense of, of right and wrong, I think. Yeah. It's said, too, that even before his father left, that he was very abusive, aggressive, and intense toward the family, undeniably leaving a traumatic mark on OJ's childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And a pattern that OJ himself seemed to have quickly picked up when it came to familial relationships. For sure. Uh, Eventually, a truth that had once only existed as rumors was confirmed giving yet more context to why OJ's father was sort of, you know, difficult. Mm-hmm. He was a closeted... An asshole. Yeah. <laughs> to put it lightly, he was a closeted gay man, and people in the Potrero Hill neighborhood were aware of it. And that's likely that OJ also knew that, even as a child, um, leading to further estrangement and detachment from his father. 
Yeah, and that like really showed up hard in the charts. Oh, too. the detect because estrangement. He has, yeah, yeah, that that tough like upbringing, that tough childhood, that like harsh reality mm-hmm. kind of stuff. He had Saturn and Pluto conjunct in his first house and square his ISC, which is the family origin upbringing point which also had Jupiter in there too. So it really blew up the negative constrictions of the childhood experience for him and like the survival instincts necessary in that and like the friction with um, authority figures or paternal figures Mm -hmm, there. mm -hmm. Like that the father was a huge source of a lot of pain for OJ before he became who he became later. Yeah, I mean, he went on to be a notable homophobe, and there are some things that will kind of examples that I'll share. But let's remember quickly that even today, gay black men do face a whole slew of obstacles and resistance Mm -hmm. that try to keep them silenced and closeted. So we can only imagine how much more severe the social pressure would have been in the 50s in this type of neighborhood and um, environment. There are so many compounded factors there. No excuse to abuse your family. Oh, hell the fuck no. Right. Okay. But some context. Mm -hmm. So as I said, uh, OJ did go on to be a notable homophobe. Shocking. Shocker. Yeah, and a couple examples. There was one time where he chose to channel his unresolved conflicts with his past at an L.A. restaurant where Nicole sat her son down at a table next to a man. And O.J. got enraged and claimed that the man next to his son was gay. Um, And then later that night, he, like, assaulted Nicole over the issue. Mm -hmm. Like, because she put her a boy in a chair next to someone he thought was gay was gay yeah he beat the shit out of her later for that so like yeah literally come on come on come on bro yeah. dude like it's such hey oj come out of the closet sweetheart mm-hmm. it's Living in the it's closet. okay it's okay generational trauma very much? generational generational trauma. very much so like hello He's literally doing the same thing that his father did. So his father, a lot of the root of the issue, Mm -hmm. though, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it wasn't until high school that OJ really blossomed as an athlete and started kind of making a name for himself in football. He gained a lot of attention very quickly for his talents. He would go on to play at UFC and is a superstar. Uh, And the coaches at UFC were quoted saying that, quote, they had never, ever had anyone like him. So he really was like hot shit on campus. He was beloved for his talents on the field. He eventually married a girl from high school, uh, Marguerite, in 1979. They were married for 12 years and had three children Mm -hmm. together. The children are Arnell, Jason, and Aaron, the last of whom drowned in the family swimming pool a few weeks before her second birthday. That's tragic. So Um, we'll just, yeah. So that's pretty devastating. Now, what pushed him into stardom was a play in the 1967 UCLA slash UFC college national championship game that became known as The Run. And I don't mean a play like a musical, because if I were listening, that's what I would think I was referring to. I mean a play as in a football play. No, we're doing sports ball, baby. That became known as The Run. So that would ultimately lead the UFC to come from victory, right? Uh, Yeah. To a come from behind victory. Thank you. Whatever the fuck that means. You've never heard that term? Come from behind victory? Mm-mm. It's not a football-specific term. It's just an any game kind of term where you were losing, hmm. and then you come from behind okay. and win. Cool. Yeah. Right Wow. On. Okay. <laughs> Ultimately leading UFC to a come from behind victory, which means, oh, no, they're losing, and then they come up from behind. I promise people know what that means. 
I'm sure people do, but there are people <laughs> like me who don't. So for baby, I am with you and I am explaining it to you. We're here in this together. We're learning things today. We learned come from behind victory. Yes. We learned rickets. Yes, we are learning here in a fun and playful way. This is the astrology of education. Yeah, seriously. This is astrology of football, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't stay football for much longer, Thank I promise. Goddess. Murder, mayhem, no problem. <laughs> but football? <laughs> Make oh, me say football my nightmare. <laughs> my nightmare. What are we talking about? Plays and not the good kind. <sighs> so that's when he was no longer hot shit on campus, but hot shit on the Buffalo bills so he Mm -hmm. like really stepped up yeah now keep in mind that this is in the 60s and racism was of the hottest of topics i know it feels like we're there now and we are Mm -hmm. why (laughs) that's a really good Mm -hmm. question oh how the Um, cycles do cycle yeah we're talking about civil rights movement we're talking shortly after desegregation we're talking televised riots in case you didn't know oj simpson's a black man Mm mm-hmm Now, for OJ, everything is hunky-dory at this time. He is propelling himself to stardom based on pure talent alone, which is very lucky. Yeah. That's it. Point blank. Very lucky. And when you think about the fact that, like, he had this Ricketts disease and literally had soft bones. And he overcame a lot with his childhood. Like, this is that kind of, like, rags-to-riches success story that America loves. Truly. A come-from-behind victory. Boom, baby. You got (laughs) Now you're using it in context and everything. I love this. Yes, I am a fast, quick learner. Yeah. And the professors at UFC even noted that he was the first black student that white students were willingly hanging around and welcoming into the obviously exclusively white institutions of the college. A friend of OJ's even went on record in one of the documentaries that he was plucked out of the black community and submerged in an all-white university where he was seduced by white society. Quote that entire thing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yes. Right there in words. Yeah, he was whitewashed. Yeah, basically. 100%. This is where the internalized mm-hmm. racism is going to really come into play here because yep. he's being shown this new world. He's being shown this is good and where you came from is not good. Mm-hmm. And it is being very much absorbed by him. Be one of us, OJ. Be one of us. Yes. One of us. One of us. Don't. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was a time, too, when many black athletes were speaking out on the race relations crisis and standing against police brutality and the treatment of black people. But not OJ. But not OJ. Not the deuce. Spoiled juice. The expired juice. Expired juice. Yeah. Instead, when interviewed about this, especially when black athletes were boycotting the 1968 Olympics, OJ said, quote, I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Can't imagine. Like, like, huh. Wonder what they think they're going to accomplish with that. Like, bro. Yeah. Uh, OJ was also approached to join the group of athletes boycotting, and he declined their offer by stating, quote, I'm I'm not not black. black. I'm I'm OJ. OJ. I want to be judged based on my ability. Don't tell me I have to do this just because I am black, end quote. Which I get conceptually what he's trying to say there. It's internalized racism. I don't think that he's doing any kind of justice. Like, I understand the sentiment of being like, I don't want to be seen because of the color of my skin. And I don't want to feel obligated to do things because of the color of my skin. But when it comes to these kinds of things, when it comes to the identity and culture of your whole self where you come from this is disillusionment Mm -hmm. here this is dissociation Mm -hmm. this is internalized racism you know yes yeah and to further expand on this apparently when oj was attending some banquet for graduation from ufc that was held um he also just sidebar he also won the heisman award that year it was recounted that a lady was overheard saying and this is trigger warning this is a racial slur Look at OJ over there sitting with all of those N-words. The person OJ was recounting the story to said, Oh, wow, OJ, 
that must have been terrible. OJ replied by saying, quote, no, it was great. She knew I wasn't black. She knew I was OJ, quote. This shows up so hard in his chart, this fucking sun square Neptune wow. and its delusions. Yeah, because he becomes like he becomes this, one of the first black spokesmen ever. And they said that OJ made mm-hmm. white people feel good because it didn't force them to fe- to face the harsh realities of what was actually going on at the time. He never spoke out, so mm-hmm. he was safe for white people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He was token. He was like maybe one mm-hmm. of the original token, at least for many of these fucking yeah. white people. He was. He didn't make them face any hard truths. Yeah. He didn't. He was not a mirror. He didn't mm-hmm. hold up any mirrors. He. Well. Mm-mm. No, it's like he didn't hold up any mirrors, but he wore a mask made of a mirror. Exactly. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, 100. He was like, see see yourself when you look at me. Yeah, for a lot of white people, he was kind of like a band-aid for the civil rights movement, everything that was going on. And he knew that. And if he wanted to be a star, he had to make them happy. So OJ joins the Buffalo Bills. He sets a goal to run 2,000 yards in a single season, whatever the that means it's a lot it's like a lot a lot whatever which the previous (laughs) which the previous top record was 1863 yards and being a world fucking class runner of course he does it totally famous and marketable Mm-hmm. so that's money right there those yeah. weren't yards those were dollar bills so he continues to follow this very nice flow this but nice wave of fame selling out completely and losing his sense of self in the world at this time he meets nicole she's 18 and mm-hmm. he's still married to his wife mm-hmm. so on her first date with him nicole told her friend that she was going on a date with OJ and her friend was like, oh my God, are you for real? That guy. And she was like, yeah, girl, I really think I like him. And when she comes home, her jeans are ripped and in the front, her jeans are ripped in the front. And when her friend asks what happened, she says, don't be mad. He's just a little aggressive, but I really like him. Red flag. What now? Hello. You said what? Um, Excuse me. Yeah. And I'm sure that friend was like, dude. What? Hopefully. But like, yikes, we're on the first date. He's getting that aggressive. <sighs> the signs. The flags. The flags. Now, two days later, two days later, he buys her a car. He buys her a car, rents her an apartment. Sorry, babe. Didn't mean to rip your jeans. So I mentioned this earlier, but his daughter around this time drowns while he's away on business and he finally gets a divorce. He then marries Nicole in 1985. Now, let's get into Nicole. Who's Nicole? Nicole Brown Simpson. Born in Frankfurt, Germany. Her mother was German. Her father was American. So after moving to the United States, she attended uh, Rancho Alamitos High School in Garden Grove, California. She graduated from Dana Hills High School in Dana Point, California in 1976. Nicole... A super sweet combination, as we said, Taurus Sun, Libra Moon, Pisces Rising. She was described as bubbly, always happy, always smiling. And if there's one thing I know, it's that if you're described that way, you are are going to get murdered. Dead. Dead. People loved her and were really fond of her. She was even homecoming queen in high school. Mm -hmm. So she was very very popular. Very liked. Nice, popular, pretty girl. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All-American girl. Totally. Unfortunately for Nicole, she never really got a chance to become much of the person that she herself wanted to be because she met OJ when she was 18, Mm -hmm. about two weeks after high school graduation. So tragic, the timing. Yeah. So Nicole at the time was working at a Beverly Hills private club called Daisy's. And she actually had no idea who OJ was. Girl, same. (laughs) She and OJ began dating while he was still married to Marguerite. And despite her excitement for life beyond high school, Nicole dropped out of Saddleback College in Mission Viejo after only a few months, citing later in divorce paperwork that OJ required, quote, OJ required that she be with him, end quote. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had only been dating a few months, yeah. and already friends had started to notice a huge change in her. 
She wasn't allowed to come out. He was always monitoring her. Everything had to do with his needs first and foremost. These are classic Classic. abuser, narcissist tactics. We've seen them. We've seen it a hundred times. Kathy Lee Crosby, who had known OJ for 15 years and had spent a lot of time with the couple, described their relationship as, quote, a very passionate, very volatile, very obsessive relationship on both sides, Mm. end quote. Chris Jenner. Yes. We all know her. That, That's right. That Chris, that Chris Jenner, Jenner. That one. The one you're thinking of, it's her. Mother, yes, mother crone to the Kardashian empire was quite close with OJ, as we may or may not know if you follow and keep up with the Kardashians, and Nicole. And Jenner said that Nicole, quote, had really fallen for OJ. The two of them were madly in love and had this obvious chemistry that you could feel when you were in the same room with them. They absolutely could not keep their hands off each other. He was already incredibly possessive of Nicole. Even when she would go to the bathroom, OJ would wonder out loud when she was going to come back. I wonder when Nicole's coming back. So more um, just wretched behavior, Denise Brown, Nicole's sister, testified while out to dinner one night with her sister and brother-in-law in in 1987, quote, OJ grabbed Nicole's crotch and said, this is where babies come from and this belongs to me. Are you fucking kidding me? Disgusting. This is a abhorrent behavior from any person ever. No, don't do that. Truly, don't speak like that. And Nicole just sort of wrote it off as if it was nothing. Like, you know, like she was used to that kind of treatment. And he was like, he was like something. <laughs> End <I'm> quote. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. He was just like. <laughs> and he was just like, ah. um, you know. He was just like that. So, he was yeah. just like that. That's what it was supposed he to say. He was just like that. That's right. Okay. So, yeah. So he was just like that. So, yeah. That's kind of what her sister to say about it now the longer the relationship went on the more elusive nicole became until the people who loved her didn't feel like they knew her anymore Uh... yeah a friend was once quoted saying the truth is no one really knew her during her marriage and she had known nicole since their early 20s and told the la times after she was killed Quote, she was never free to be herself or have friends. She wasn't available for that kind of intimacy, end quote. No. This is the classic, you are my whole world, and you have to satisfy everything for me kind of vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dangerous. Yeah, and Nicole was also, you know, allegedly prone to abruptly canceling plans, being kind of flaky, not showing up when both she and OJ were expected somewhere. And the friend added, recalling that OJ would regularly claim that his wife was in bed with menstrual cramps. Like, what? Hmm. Okay. It is absolutely worth noting, too, that she was a spitfire. Like, she'd frequently confront OJ about his mm-hmm. cheating. She'd get digs at him, too. Well-deserved insults. Um, and defended herself verbally whenever she could. Like, she was not a scared little timid person. Mm-mm. Which probably only, like, pushed his buttons more. Oh, yeah. Fueled absolutely. his fire. Absolutely. And one of the saddest parts was that Chris Jenner actually recalled in 2015 – Sorry, in a 2015 special about the case, she recalled that the one thing she would tell all of us by the time, you know, it got to that level was, quote, he's going to kill me and he's going to get away with it. She called it. Unquote. She like, like literally people saw it. She was it. right. She was right. She was right. Eventually, Nicole did the thing that everyone always tells abuse victims to do. She left his ass. Bye. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Mm. On February 25th, 1992, she filed for divorce. They settled their divorce in October of 1992, so a few months later, Mm -hmm. with OJ agreeing to pay Nicole a lump sum of $433,750 plus $10,000 a month in child support. Nicole also retained the deed on a rental property in San Francisco. At this point, Nicole flourished. Good for you, girl. Yeah. She loved being a mom. She loved driving the kids to school, 
the karate lessons, the dance lessons. She reconnected with her girlfriends. She enjoyed both fancy nights out and hosting potluck dinners at home. This is just serving me so many happy memories of like getting to spend time with my friends after they got out of abusive, shitty relationships. And then it's like, you're fucking back, dude. You're fucking back. Even my own return back to the world after that you know i know this feeling and it feels so liberating yeah me too Mm -hmm. she was on trips with her friends skiing in aspen sunning in cabo san lucas you name it she also started jogging regularly and would get sitters so she could go clubbing at night after her son and daughter went to sleep like have fun Mm -hmm. live your life well she was 18 when she got she was young. Absorbed into this relationship. She, she was like reclaiming some of yeah, her youth and her freedom absolutely. and good for her. Absolutely. She was finally getting to live the life that OJ had forbidden her to live. And she mm-hmm. was having the time of her life. She was living her best life. She was thriving. She was becoming her own person. And she was also going to therapy. Like she was committed to growth and reclaiming her life and being liberated from her status of a victim. Which is why it's all the more troubling what would happen to her at the hands of her abuser. Dun, dun, so, dun. Let's get into some crimes. Now, before their divorce, OJ would obviously beat and abuse Nicole. That's not a secret. We've talked about that already. That's what she was cited as the, um, the reason for the divorce. Yeah. Now, as we've seen, the abuse was a regular part of her life. She told the cops repeatedly that OJ will kill her. And what did they do? (laughs) Not shit. Not shit. On January 1st, 1989, at 3.58 a.m., Nicole called 911. At first, the operator could only hear screams and what sounded like someone being hit. When officers arrived at Rockingham, Nicole wearing sweatpants and a bra, emerged from the bushes and yelled, he's going to kill me. And when they asked who was going to kill her, she said, OJ. Now, according to the police reports from that morning, she had a black left eye, a cut lip, and a bruised forehead, and there was a handprint on her neck. She was quoted saying, you guys never do anything. You never do anything. You come out, you've been here eight times, and you never do anything to him. End quote. Even after their divorce in 1992, OJ would continue to harass Nicole, stalk her, contact her. She would, he would never let the woman get any peace. So at this point, she was hanging out with her friends. She was getting friends. She was spending time with people. One of these people's name was Ron Goldman. There were rumors that maybe they were in a relationship. It's still kind of unclear to this day. And they only ever claimed publicly that they were friends. So we don't know. And while we don't know why OJ went to Nicole's house, we do know that he went there on the evening of June 12th, 1994. And based on neighbors' reports, they heard profuse barking through that entire evening, specifically beginning around 10.15 p.m. Nicole had put her children, which were also OJ's children too, by the way, to bed and heard the doorbell or maybe a knock at the door. But naturally, she went to answer it. Side note, would you fucking believe that after he was acquitted, OJ was fucking awarded custody of the children after killing their mother, after being charged Are you serious? Or, or accused of killing their mother? They gave him custody of the kids? Mm-hmm. That's alarming. That's He killed their mother with them sleeping. Yeah, when she opened the door, OJ wasted no time in attacking her with a knife before she could even scream or call out for help. And I do remember that um, she was asking him to be quiet. Like, she was trying to be quiet Mm -hmm. because she was saying the kids are sleeping, the kids are sleeping. Mm -hmm. Like, she was asking him not to come in. She was trying to get him to be quiet. She was trying to be quiet while, like, being attacked. No, it was pretty much at this exact moment when Ron Goldman, that friend that I mentioned, who was, by the way, not deterred by the presence of her very large, powerful, athletic, famous, dangerous stalker ex. Brave guy. Yeah, he came in. Now, Ron was described as fun, having a good sense of humor, always laughing, kind of possessing a good heart. He was a young guy, just loved life and had an infectious smile and a zest for living. The what I remember is that he was coming to Mm -hmm. bring her a pair of sunglasses that she had left at a restaurant. Yeah. Super innocent. Yeah. I think he he worked at that restaurant. They had had Nicole and her mom had dinner there that night and someone left glasses. So he was returning like a good guy, a good friend. He literally just like was stopping by. Yeah. He's like, hey, left these. 
they weren't they weren't blatantly hanging out when OJ showed up. So so Ron pulls up to the front of the gate. Um, this is where he's seeing a struggle, um, which is let's be real. He's witnessing the murder ensuing between OJ and Nicole. So obviously Ron's reaction caught OJ's attention. Uh, it tipped him off to the fact that there was now a witness to what the fuck he was doing. Um, this gross act of overkill. And he obviously begins to, at that point, pursue Ron in full rage mode and begins begins attacking Ron. OJ stabs Ron in the neck and chest, getting him into a chokehold at one point and finished his assault by murdering Ron. After OJ had disposed of Ron, he he returned to Nicole's body, where he apparently put his foot on her back, pulled her head up by her hair, and took the knife to ensure her death by slitting her neck from ear to ear. Sounds this also familiar. sounds familiar. Yeah, that's what Jody did. Looking at you, Jody Arias. This exact thing. This exact wow. like. Yeah. Now look, like we said, it's not clear if Nicole and Ron were actually having an intimate relationship. There's a lot of reason to believe that after OJ killed Ron, he was convinced that Nicole and Ron were indeed in a relationship, thus amplifying his rage and driving him to this extra act of rage. Yeah, like I think when Ron pulled up, it. OJ probably was like lost his shit. He was just like, oh, here this this here this motherfucker is. Yeah. Yeah. Here this motherfucker is right now. And then that could be more about like where the that extra act of overkill came from, you know? Because he would be like, ah. And I I also just want to say, like, while all of this is going down, keep in mind that there are children sleeping like down the hall. And I'm sure it was a very large house, but still. It is 12 10 a.m. on June. 13th 1994 and the mutilated bodies of nicole and ron were found thanks to nicole's dog and akita named kato who had gotten out and was running around the neighborhood with blood all over his legs the people who found kato essentially noticed how anxious and agitated he was and so they walked with him back to the place where it had been found and kato stopped outside of nicole's house so like kind of notifying them smart dog couple who were with the pup then saw Nicole's body lying outside the house. Kato, the real MVP here. The hero. Detective Kato. Yeah. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Nicole had been stabbed a whopping 27 times. Also the same amount of times that Jody stabbed Travis. Holy shit. The exact same amount. And can I mention that OJ and Jody are both cancers. Oh, shit. With mercury retrograding cancer. Shit. Both of them. Yeah. Shit. Uh-huh. And right. all the wounds were to her uh her head and her neck. That is mm-hmm. insane. So she was covered in defensive wounds. There was a wound so large in her neck that they could see her larynx. Yikes. Yes. Her head was barely attached to her body. Oh, and here's some fucking heartbreak for you. When the children, then eight and five, were taken out of the house through a back door by police on the morning of June 13th, they had no idea what happened. Sydney, the daughter, called the house phone from the police station, leaving a message asking her mom why she and Justin were there, saying, quote, Mommy, please call me back. I want to know what happened last night. Please answer, uh, Mommy. Yeah. Like, oh I my can't. gosh. Yeah. This man was awarded custody of these children. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't get over it. And a, and a trail it. of his bloody shoe prints could be tracked through the back gate. OJ's bloody shoe prints. So to the left of some of the prints were drops of blood from OJ. From OJ, who had apparently started bleeding from his left hand at some point during the struggle. And it was noted that based on the stride and quality of the footprints that OJ walked rather than ran from the scene. Walked rather than ran from the scene of the crime. He just walked Walked away. Just walked away. Did not give a flying fuck. The following day, OJ was scheduled for a red-eye flight to Chicago so he could do some business schmoozing with representatives from some Hertz, from Hertz rental car company, for which he was like a spokes- spokesperson at the time. The limo driver arrived at OJ's house on time to get him to the flight, but no one was answering his intercom buzz. It was around 10.40 p.m. when the driver saw a shadowy figure head toward the south walkway of the estate, the same place where investigators would later find a bloody glove. 
You'll the remember glove. that. Yeah. The glove. After a little more time, OJ would come out the front door, notedly acting in an agitated and anxious manner and claiming to have overslept his alarm for the limo pickup. When OJ comes back to LA, police are waiting for him and he's taken into questioning. OJ lawyers up with Robert Kardashian. Big Papa himself. Mm-hmm. And on June 17th, 1994, OJ, who is about to be arrested for murder, leaves a, quote, suicide note with Robert and slips it into Robert's house. He was uh, slips out of Robert's house. He was being, he was like at Robert's house. Oh, and he like sneakily left it. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So this then thus ensues the epic speed chase, that white Ford Bronco (laughs) that we were talking about. Speedy Gonzalez over here. Yes. So OJ's friend AC Cowlings is driving the car with OJ in the back seat with a gun to his head. A cop pulls up to them going about 35 miles an hour and the cop is told to back up or else OJ will kill himself. So the cop backs off. But then naturally, like 20 other cop cars, descend on the scene. And before you know it, we've got a high-speed freeway chase on our hands. And let me tell you, as someone who used to live in (laughs) Southern California in Los Angeles, it is not uncommon to have high-speed chases on the news. And they are a ball every time. Like, you just can't stop for 45 minutes or however long it. So here goes that Famous white Ford Bronco. <laughs> famous speed chase. Okay. So we've got air quotes on the chase part because this is actually an extremely slow and boring, yet highly captivating and interesting <laughs> event. Even if it was a chase happening at like 20 miles under the speed limit. It was described as more of a police escort or presidential motorcade than it was a fucking felon at large trying to escape police. Um, they yeah. gave him a red carpet. This shit was on the air for two hours, and I kid you not, I would be watching every second of it. Um, oh my god! And it was interrupting society. It interrupted all normal television programming, so people at home could watch Everything. this absurd attempt to evade police by a fallen American icon. Fun fact too: uh, the Domino's Pizza actually hit hit record sales that day because of the amount of people suddenly ordering in to watch the pursuit. They were like, I can't go anywhere. We'll order in everyone. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to you, Domino's. (laughs) Good job, Domino's. They finally apprehend him. (laughs) Take him back to his house where he goes inside. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why don't they take him directly? Because he's OJ. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason any of this happened. Of course. Because he's OJ. Yeah. He calls his mom. He drinks some orange juice. Ha ha hearty her. And police obviously searched the Bronco where they found $8,000 in cash, blood in the Bronco, a passport, mm-hmm. a change of clothes, a loaded gun, some family photos, and a fake goatee and mustache. You know, like a disguise. Because no one's going to recognize O.J. Simpson if you put a mustache on him naturally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it is serving like some Jody energy, like the dying of the hair. You literally took the words out of my mouth. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'll just change this one feature about me. Yeah. Just one little thing (laughs) real quick. This was truly the trial of the century, y'all. For 300 days, it was a front page story of LA Times. It received more news coverage than both the Bosnian War and the Oklahoma City bombings combined. This is literally where they put together that crime equals ratings, especially Mm -hmm. celebrity status shit. Mm -hmm. So we are going to talk a little bit about the proceedings before we leave you today. OJ was formally arraigned on July 22nd, 1994, entering a plea of not guilty. The trial began on January 24th, 1995, with Lance Ito as the presiding judge. I think I'm saying that right. Ito, 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 like Ito. Now, the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office, led by Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden, emphasized the domestic violence that had occurred prior to and after the Simpsons' 1992 divorce as a motive for the murders, which makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. 
The attorneys representing Simpson, known as the quote-unquote dream team, included F. Lee Bailey, Robert Blazier, Sean Chapman Holly, Robert Shapiro, and Alan Dershowitz. Johnny Cochran later became the defense team's lead attorney. This sensationalism here, the dream team. Yeah, oh my god, 100%. It's all the Leo Rising stuff. Oh right? yeah, like, oh, 100. it's like, I'm a superstar, I gotta have superstars. Like, like the theatrics, the, forward. the drama. Like, what team of lawyers literally calls I themselves know. the dream? Like, it, it's so theatrical. Truly performative. It's so blown the fuck up performance truly exactly perfect yeah yeah the simpson defense was based largely on the grounds that evidence had been mishandled and that many members of the los angeles police department were racist really good time to bring that up really fucking convenient Mm -hmm. yeah they banked on the scene yeah particularly mark Furman, a detective who allegedly found a bloody leather glove at simpson's home The defense team argued that the glove could not have been OJ's because it appeared too small for his hands when he tried it on in the courtroom. In addition to the glove, the defense claimed that other important evidence had been planted by the police to frame OJ. This is so absurd because the police had were like on record giving him so much leeway, giving him so much slack. Like when Nicole would call, because she made like I think a total of like eight. 911 calls over the course of their time together mm-hmm. the operators would pick up and she'd be like oj's gonna kill me or oj's hurting me or something and they'd be like oj like oj simpson like like the football player and yeah. they would get like starstruck on the phone as as 911 dispatchers yeah it just oh the gross incompetency just like seriously then during the trial too which lasted more than eight months by the way about 150 witnesses testified Though OJ himself never took the stand. I bet. That's because they couldn't yeah. trust OJ. Yeah. Not to get heated, probably. They probably couldn't trust mm-hmm. him to not get heated. To give himself away. At. Yeah. Oh, he would absolutely give himself up in a freaking heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And here's a fun little fact, too. There are estimates that this trial was watched by about 95 million people and cost the American economy over $40 billion in lost productivity. Oh, my God. Take that, COVID. $40 billion? Holy shit. Yeah. Now, on October 2nd, 1995, the jury finally began deliberating and reached a verdict in less than four hours. However, they delayed the announcement until the following day. Got to keep them on their toes, I guess. Literally for the dramatics. No, Danny. Literally just for the dramatics of it. And tune in next episode for the verdict. It was. It's serving that vibe. It's all money. On October third, Simpson was found not guilty of the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman. After the verdict, polls of public opinion continued to break down along racial lines. Whites were largely dismayed by the jury's decision, whereas the majority of black Americans supported it. Seeing Simpson's acquittal as a victory in a legal system that systematically systematically discriminated against blacks. Words are hard. A lot of people believe that he received the verdict that he did so that America could avoid race riots. I don't know about that. It was really volatile around that time, and they were really worried that if they sent him to jail that people would be like, it's just because Yeah, he's and black. it is interesting because of the stances that he took to distance himself from black people as a well. whole. And I also want to point out, too, that it would have, and rightfully so, I know, you know, because – he killed a white woman and a white man. And so perhaps regardless of why uh, he got off, he got away with murder. I don't think he himself saw race as any part of the equation. No, like, I'm talking about murder. America as a whole. Absolutely America not. would see, Oh, oh, yeah, oh you America, convicted him because see. he allegedly killed a white woman and white man. And you want victory for the white man. But I, I don't know about you. I just want justice for nicole and ron Mm -hmm. right like yeah in this in this case it what oj stood for as a Mm -hmm. icon as a figurehead outweighed the actual crimes he committed yeah now however in 1997 the families of both nicole and ron did file a civil suit against him in which OJ was deemed responsible for their wrongful deaths and thus forced to pay the victims' families a sum of $33.5 million. 
which he continues to try to evade. He does. Yes, that's yeah. And in, in 2007, OJ was arrested in Las Vegas for armed robbery and kidnapping. And a year later was sentenced to 33 years with a minimum of nine years without parole. But OJ was released on parole on July 20th, 2017. And on December 17th, 2021, he was released from parole totally free. He moved to a gated community in Las Vegas where he plays golf and frequently takes to Twitter to offer opinions about college and pro sports, especially football. Life is fine, he told the Associated Press during a June 2019 interview. That is the astrology of injustice. That, my friends, is where we will leave you. He's just out there on fucking Twitter tweeting his little thoughts. Like so many other criminals. He's a fucking criminal, dude. And he's only continuing to like yeah. get off because of his name. Anyway, stick with us, y'all, because we're going to get into the birth charts of these two. And I have a feeling that it's going to be a wild. <sighs> it will be. It will be. We'll get into their energetic blueprints we'll see what's going on what made it possible for oj to be so disconnected so disconnected yes what was going on with nicole sweet poor baby oh yeah but yeah that's it that's some expired juice that's some spoiled juice mm -hmm. too much pulp in that juice mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm choking <laughs> you guys our friends our loved ones um rate subscribe review it helps us so much and we really really appreciate it and we won't talk your ear off about it but that's it just do those things thank you please. Thank, thank you we love you and we, we will you. see you in just a few seconds just next episode magically fly there but until then invoke your willpower and make good choices Bye bye, bye, -bye.